What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Mid Convo. I'm your host, Edward Lee. This is a podcast where we talk with creatives, entrepreneurs, um, just people who are crushing it in their industry. So um, somewhere along the line, you might pick something up, maybe in the middle, hence the name Mid Convo. But today's guest, we have S. Lee. She is a Seattle-based creative. Um, she's just honestly crushing it, and her aesthetic is awesome. So really excited to share this episode with you guys. And she's here with me right now. So maybe, S, do you want to like, is Esther or Esley? How you do you want me? You can go by Esley or Esther Lee. Okay. Yeah. So Esther Lee, but we'll just go with Esther for now as we're like yes. talking. Yes. But can you explain a little bit about what you do, um, where you're from, and this podcast design is not really designed for any kind of polished conversation. Yeah, so we're yeah. just gonna we're just gonna dive into it. Yeah. Well, so I am a photographer, and I'm actually from Los Angeles, but I moved to Seattle last year, November. So I'm gonna be hitting the one year mark soon. Um, I feel like time really flies because I, I actually don't remember anything that has happened like the past couple months. It's it's just been a blur, but um, yeah, so I I grew up doing art my whole life, but photography I picked up maybe like 10 years ago, and so I've been doing that for, yeah, quite quite some time, um, but yeah, I feel like in Seattle, it's been kind of, it's it's been a little bit difficult, uh, I feel like I'm starting off uh, fresh again, and yeah, like it's it's been good though. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so how long, so you were basically in LA your whole life then, mm-hmm. dude, there's mm-hmm. literally someone blowing leaves outside of this. <laughs> oh my. Okay. If you guys can hear this, I'm sorry, but there's big windows and they just decided I mean, to blow, roll, like it, use the leaf blower on a rainy day. <laughs> oh my God. It is, it is fall and you see all those leaves wow. out there. What, what a day. Okay. Anyway, we're just going to roll with it. Um, so you basically grew up in LA your mm-hmm. whole entire life and you yeah. said that you're kind of starting out in Seattle now. That's so distracting. It is. It is really distracting. Very. <laughs> um, let's give. Let's just give it a second, guys. Okay, it's still going. I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> let's just roll with it, though. It's all good. So you basically grew up in LA your whole life, and you're getting settled <clears throat> here in Seattle. What was mm-hmm. your career like in LA? Can you explain? Give a little bit of insight on um, what was your creative career like? How did you even get into photography? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I I got into photography uh, back in 2010. I went on a mission trip. I think I've shared this like many times on my my Instagram, and just people always ask me like how I started. So yeah, I I went on a mission trip to Africa, and my team we didn't have anyone um, taking photos. So I actually went to Walmart, picked up a Canon Rebel, like the first. Um, generation of you know the the T hey, shout out to yeah, the Rebel, Rebel T series. Yeah. So I bought that. It was like three hundred dollars. Um, I took it to Africa, and honestly, I had no idea how to use a camera. I literally just I just clicked all those buttons, and you know some of them came out blurry, some of them came out like good. Um, but one thing I realized was um, just these people's expression it really made me happy and it like stirred something in my heart like I want to I want to actually do photography as a as a job um, so from then on I yeah I shared some of my photos with my friends and family and they they pretty much asked me hey can you take photos for my family session like engagement session and so that's kind of how I started that's yeah. really really cool that's so crazy that 
everyone starts with a basic camera. Like yeah. all these people who are first starting out, they're like, "Oh, we gotta get this new camera that just came out. We gotta mm-hmm, spend mm-hmm. four or five thousand dollars on a camera." Like yeah. that's not true. Everyone yeah. literally just starts out. You went to Walmart and got yeah, your first yeah, camera. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, for people who are listening, they might be like, "Okay, well, she does photography, but like, why should we care? Who is this person?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, we're not over here to like flex on anyone. But I would love to hear about some of the clients that you've worked with potentially. Or I know we just right before you turned the mics on, you said you're part of a couple panels, maybe back in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe give it insight. What kind of clients have you worked with? What kind of projects have you done? Yeah, so I've worked with uh, actually a couple different types of clients. Um, right now, my main focus is fashion um, and like interior architecture. But I've worked with uh, brands like from like Dior, like Michael Kors to like just even smaller brands like startups. Um, these days, I've just been really um, helping out people that are starting off their business. Um, I think that's kind of where my heart is because I know how hard and difficult it is to start a business without knowing anything. And so that's where I come in and I've been just not doing only like photography, but I've been doing, um, playing like the creative director role, the art mm-hmm. director, um, just from hiring models to like makeup artists. And I, I really enjoy that. And I feel like I have um, the freedom to really just expand my creativity because the brand is giving me um, <clears throat> just the whole control of mm-hmm. like taking care of the whole photo shoot. So that's kind of where my heart has been. And um, I've also shot for just oh like Marie Kondo she was like one of my favorite people she was that's pretty cool yeah she was really sweet I really liked working with her um and I've just worked with a few agencies um I can't really name a lot of the brands that I've worked with it's just yeah um Mm -hmm. I would have to kind of sit down and think through but um yeah that's those are some of the brands I've worked with very cool yeah so if you guys um, aren't following her yet already yet on Instagram to kind of see what her aesthetic is like, well, first off, you're not. You should go follow her right now, at S. Lee. Um, however, if you look at her Instagram, it's like the way it's designed and curated is, is very specific. It's not someone who just posts a cool photo of a model or a cool photo of someone in an in a epic location. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's very like... I don't know if this is going to offend you or not, but very like anthropology like kind of like just that <laughs> you're, vibe. You're not offending me. <laughs> okay, just like that vibe, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Very like modern fashion, um very artsy. Um the color palettes that are on your Instagram mm-hmm. feed are very intentional, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that you have work with brands like that mm-hmm. and you're kind of in that fashion space. Mm-hmm. Um how did you cultivate like that eye i mean i know that you said you you first started on that mission trip and you took some photos mm-hmm. but i'm i'm assuming that's not where you like came up with all this crazy yeah, aesthetic yeah. with models and knowing how, mm-hmm. to, how to pose them and what color to use what outfits look good in certain scenes mm-hmm. like where did you cultivate that eye for art mm-hmm. i guess um I, I think it's basically just you know living my everyday lifestyle um just from going shopping to (laughs) literally like i think when i walk into a store like i know what i want and um i tend to gear towards like neutral colors but like soft colors and earthy tones and i think that's kind of where i built my style um i love dressing up people and dressing up myself um so i think that's where i kind of um like, I guess, brought up my 
style. Like I, gained your, yeah, gained, gained yeah, gained my aesthetic and my interest. Um, so, for instance, like I would walk into one of my favorite stores is Cost. Cost mm. stores. I don't know if you've heard of that. Cost is very. They they're very uh, clean. They're very like neutral. They have a lot of pastel, earthy tones, and I'm always just studying their their um, aesthetic. So I would go on their website, go on their Instagram. I was just like studying it. And um, <clears throat> I practice a lot um, by just creating my own photo shoot, um, studying. So basically, basically before doing all that, like I, I go to the library or I go to the bookstore and like look at all the, the old books. And I like to study that. And I also watch um, like Wes Anderson films. That's mm. one of my, yeah. He cool. he has a really cool style, and I like things that are quirky, things that are, um, I guess, surreal. So yeah, I, I just kind of put everything together, and that's how I developed my my clean but minimal, but also like pastel tones. Yeah. Definitely, I can definitely feel those pastel vibes <laughs> yeah. like in your photos. Yeah. So. Um, how much free work did you do when you first started out? I know you just mentioned very briefly, mm -hmm, you were mm -hmm. like, oh, you did a lot of, a lot of the shoots that you do, that, mm -hmm. like they're yours, you know, yeah, like yeah, they're, yeah. I guess like styled shoots. You yeah, could say. style shoots, yeah. Um, when you first started out in your career and you're like, okay, I want to do fashion. I want to work with brands like Michael Kors or mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. these kind of brands that agencies are looking for photographers who can kind of have that same aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you had to build a portfolio before that. Mm -hmm. How much of that did you do? Like before you started getting brands to come to your yeah. agency to be like, okay, you know, so we want to pay you X amount of dollars yeah, yeah. to put together this shoot. Mm -hmm. You know, to be honest, I still do that. Mm -hmm. um, I try to do at least four, four a year. Uh, but before I actually started working with brands, I done tons of free shoots. Like I'll take whatever that came my way. Um, even after free shoots, I'll still spend my own money to like buy my own props, pay people to be uh, part of my shoots. And it took a long time, but I think every year I'm constantly trying to learn and develop uh, a deeper, you know, sense of like my own style. So I'm constantly putting my own shoots together, spending my own money. And from there, I, I will edit, I'll put a portfolio together and then I like, send it to agencies or send to brands. Hey, this is what I have. Um, would you be, you know, would you want to like take a look at this and want to hire me? So mm -hmm. you kind of have to like put your pride down. You can't, you don't want to ever feel so comfortable and think that, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm done. Like this is, I've reached my goal. Like this is it. It's like every, I think every week, every day, you want to constantly stretch yourself and try something new. And, you know, your goal is to, you know, it's not only to make money, but it's, it's about learning. And I think just doing my own photo shoots i'm always learning something new yeah that's so cool that's really cool to hear because there's a lot of people who are listening who might see your profile or even myself or anyone i have on this podcast i'm mm -hmm. like dude they have it figured out like <laughs> everything they do they have Never. it figured out which is like couldn't be farther yeah, from the yeah. truth you know mm -hmm, what i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and uh, it's like free work the reason why i asked that is because people when they're first starting out, they always try to get paid like out the gate. Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm, like, you know, well, I don't want to work unless I'm getting paid. Yeah, yeah. And then if they're not getting paid, they're like, I'm just not going to shoot because mm -hmm, what's mm -hmm. the point? I don't want to mm -hmm. do free work for the rest of my life. Yeah. But you're at a level where you've worked with some pretty well-known brands and you've worked with some pretty well-known people. Mm -hmm. 
but you're still doing styled shoots. You're still yeah. putting stuff together yourself because you know you're you're like investing into yourself, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know that those will lead to future work, future client. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. invest now, maybe your own money, but it could lead to more money yeah, in yeah. the future, right? Yeah. Very cool. So let's pivot a little bit into um i guess social media we always talk about this with every guest because i feel like it is honestly what is run in this industry like social Mm -hmm. media is what dictates a lot of where creatives go in their work in their direction so you have about um followers on instagram which obviously i'm big on like it's not about numbers not about Mm -hmm, followers mm -hmm. But I feel like there are a lot of people. It's easy for someone to say it's not about followers when they don't have followers. When, like, yeah, when yeah, they don't have yeah, followers. Yeah, when they, oh, yeah. I mean, when they have followers. Yeah, yeah. And then people who don't have followers, that's so important to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how did you acquire that following? Because <coughs> you have really good engagement, too, on your post. And um, yeah, maybe talk about that a little bit. How, what's like the journey you've had with Instagram? So with Instagram, wow, it's been such a long time. I started like 2012 or 2011. So you're like, oh, like way back when people actually posted yeah, yeah. photos with their phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like actually use the filters. Yeah, posting <laughs> chronological little, order. Little selfies here and there, the flat lays. Yeah, no algorithms. <laughs> yeah, no algorithms. I mean, those days were great because I felt like it was more authentic. And mm-hmm. I don't know, with the algorithm, I, I just it's not that you don't want to see certain posts but like i just want to see my friends posts here and there but i just don't see that anymore Mm -hmm. so it's been a little it's been a little frustrating um but yeah with instagram i let's see back in 20 2013 i think that's when i instagram actually featured me on their page like Um, is like suggested suggested user? user yeah back when they i don't know if they still do that but I got suggested um, a couple years ago, and from there, my just, I guess, numbers just jumped. Um, and it was also easier to grow at the time. Uh, at that time. It, was, it was a lot easier. Um, I've, I've been struggling with that lately, but honestly, like I said, numbers, like we said, numbers don't really matter, mm-hmm. but I think it does matter when it comes to uh, working with brands because they do look at the they engagement do. and mm-hmm. then the you know, like how many followers you have, which <clears throat> which I really don't like. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, with, with like my just friends and just people that just look at my work for my style, I don't really care about the following at all. I just yeah. post whatever I want to post now. Um, yeah. That's awesome. The Instagram is definitely one of those necessary evils of yeah, our society it, it right is, now. Yeah. Especially it's a love and hate. If, especially if you're creative. It's mm-hmm. like you need it. But to be honest, nobody really likes it, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting that you got featured on Instagram as a suggested user. I actually know a few people that um, were suggested users at some point way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And everyone, like, hates that that happened to them now. Because for some yeah. reason, like, um, not hates, but the the way the algorithm works now mm-hmm. is that, like, there's some people who have, like, a hundred thousand followers but then get like a thousand likes and yeah, it's not yeah, because yeah. like their photos suck or yeah. like they bought followers mm-hmm. it's because they were mm-hmm. suggested at one point yeah, yeah. and then you got all these like bot people following you from when instagram yeah. was growing mm-hmm. and so now they have this like it looks like they have this like fake audience mm-hmm. when in reality like they were getting recognized for their craft yeah yeah but then instagram didn't really do their part in taking care yeah. of those accounts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so now you have these people who are gaining like authentic followings mm-hmm. like from the from the beginning so now they're just like 
since Instagram didn't push them, they have like 20,000 followers, but they get like 10,000 likes because yeah, those yeah, are all yeah. like followers that they like yeah, acquired. Yeah. So I feel like that's a really good, that's a cool thing though, because it also proves the point that sometimes that push, mm-hmm, that like mm-hmm. vir- that virality, all that, all that numbers that comes right away can mm-hmm. not only hurt you, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it can hurt you sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Versus helping you, yeah. you know? So, um, that's really interesting because I know a few people who were suggested as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely engagement has been a lot slower. Um, but but you still can't... have a really engaged audience, though. And I feel like I'm the same way where it doesn't really matter, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have people who like your posts, who comment. Yeah. And it's, it's nice. And I think people would be lying if yeah, they said yeah. that they didn't care. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it does matter. I mean, matter. we all care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it does make you feel good. Like, if you post a photo and it's, mm-hmm. like, your most liked photo, mm-hmm. it's, like, that validation yeah, kind yeah. of for your art. You're, like, yeah. oh, wow, like, I'm still relevant. Yeah, like, yeah. my art is still good, you know? But yeah. it's very hard to detach mm-hmm. from, like, social media and yeah. your art. Social media, honestly, it's, like, it's, like, literally, I have, like, this angel on one side and the devil on the other <laughs> side. Just, like, like, literally, it's, like, they're both talking to me in my head. Like one side is saying, no, it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's all about your work. And then the other side is telling me, no, it really matters. Like this mm-hmm. is who, you know, your identity, you know, it depends on your social media, like following. And it's it's seriously a battle that I go through. I'll be completely honest. But um, in the end, I really try to focus on, you know, my work and mm-hmm. <clears throat> just staying true to myself and mm-hmm. that it really shouldn't matter. Yeah. Definitely. So maybe to go on that just a slightly deeper, but on a different pathway of conversation is um, actionables. Mm-hmm. So you've obviously put, look, sounds like you put social media in a very healthy spot for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just know where to put it and how it affects you and like negatively and positively. Mm-hmm. What, what do you do in your daily or weekly routine to keep it that way? Like, are there certain things that you do? Like, do you do un- unplugged sessions? Do you like not touch your phone for like a week sometimes or a day like what are some practical steps that you have taken to make sure it stays that way number one thing i put uh i feel like everyone should do this um you know that i don't know what it is you put like a time limit on your instagram account so for me i put it at one hour cap so if i reach one hour it'll give me a notification saying you've been on it for one hour so then i turn it off oh i didn't even know that was a thing yeah you should try it I it really helps I definitely you should. Yeah. <laughs> uh or you can you know sometimes i will end up ignoring it but it's gotten a lot better so once i hit one hour i just turn it off and mm-hmm. i put it away um but i think just putting my phone away in general really helps because if i'm just on it for you know for like emails or just playing games i tend to just my finger just naturally goes to the instagram button Mm -hmm. and so yeah just putting your phone away really helps um uh, i think also i don't know just you know that i think that's like the main thing but also um what i do is i like to put all my photos together um weekly um telling myself i'm gonna post maybe three times a week and Mm. once i've done that then that's it like i don't do anything else to you know on the instagram account um yeah that's pretty much it that's pretty cool so you're definitely taking the necessary steps and you know yourself enough now to put it in the place it needs to go yeah so um as far as your craft goes then and Mm -hmm. curating your feed and that aesthetic and kind of going back to that conversation um how like do you feel like collaborating with people and is very important to your creative process 
Yes, most definitely. Like yeah. you have to collaborate with other people because it's like I know that feeling of being alone. Um, if I'm just, you know, doing photo shoots, if I'm like trying to be creative by myself, it's really hard because I think teamwork is so important. And um, when you're when you're partnering up with other people, I feel like your vision just comes to life. Like mm. it just works better and sometimes you have this certain idea but another person can tell you no i think this is better and you guys just kind of work together and then it just becomes like a like a stronger um stronger vision you know mm. so i'm always up for working with other people especially when i'm um doing my you know quarterly photo shoots i always reach out to people asking hey do you want to do this for fun like do you want to work on this together and it's just you get to meet people too and you get mm -hmm. to know people so um yeah i i really like working with other people yeah. so how do you go about taking that approach and reaching out to people i mm -hmm. feel like when creators are first starting out mm -hmm. they'll find like that creator they've been following the whole, for like so long yeah. and they haven't really done the work yet to put in for their portfolio and they mm -hmm. reached out to this person like, hey, I love your work, let's work together. Mm -hmm. But then you, on your end, you're like, well, this person's just starting out and I'm not yeah. sure <clears throat> that this would really benefit both of us or any of us mm -hmm. by working together. Mm -hmm. It's a hard conversation to have because yeah. we don't ever want to come off as like pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll be honest, like sometimes people are reaching out and I'm like, dude, I can't work with you. Yeah, I'm yeah, already yeah. turning down other people that yeah, I really yeah. want to work with. Mm -hmm. Like not to sound like ignorant, but like what makes you think I'd want to work with you yeah. over these people in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like what's a good workaround for me personally i take the approach of offering value right people mm -hmm. always say like if you want to work with someone offer something of value to them yeah, yeah that's a surefire way for me like there's been a few people where it's like they'll reach out instead of just saying like hey let's work together be like hey um can i come with you on like a on like a shoot and i'll mm -hmm. get some bts photos for you mm -hmm. boom like immediately provides value and i'm yeah, like yeah. okay that's pretty cool maybe we yeah. should work together yeah what are your thoughts on that whole idea of you know connecting with people so Sorry, I'm a little bit confused. So you're asking, would you, are, like, am I open to shooting something for free or am I, like, open to collaborating with other creators? I guess my question is, like, how do you go about connecting with these well-known people? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you've worked with some pretty <clears throat> pretty big people, like, in yeah. the industry, I would say. Yeah. Um, do you literally just reach out to them and you're like, hey, um, this is what I do. Let's work together. Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. how do you first build that initial relationship? Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, it really depends on my time. Really? So when I know some of my, like, I guess winter time is usually when it's a little bit slow. So that's when I'll sit down and I'll kind of go over, um, like, the list of names or, like, you know, just brands that I do want to try working with. And then I'll narrow down from there and then I'll reach out to them and see if they would want to collaborate or work one when it kind of you know when my workflow is a little bit slower mm. so that's when i start reaching out um and in terms of like just creatives i guess um individuals it we usually work together if we both decide to do a photo shoot together just for fun but other than that i don't really um i guess really give myself out um just because it's I think time is so important and I noticed saying yes to everything it really it really hurt yeah it mm. really hurts yeah 
how do you how did you learn to say no to people you just you just have to say no like it's been so hard i still say yes to a lot of things yeah. and um not only is it bad for myself but also like for the other person it's like they're waiting and they're like hey mm. um where do you have like my photos you know and it, i don't think that's it's just not a good you know good feeling to have um so sometimes you just have to really um just man up and say hey i really don't have time right now but when i do free up i would love to i don't know do something for you um just can you reach out like when you have or when i have time and yeah i don't know it's 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 a tough it's a tough uh subject that's yeah. something that i i'm i have a really hard time with like mm-hmm. i think actually this past year is so funny that you mentioned that because that was the conversation i had with myself a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. it's like dude i need to stop saying yes to everything yeah you know and it's like even the little things add up you know if someone reaches out even if it's someone that you are friends with but even if they're like hey let's uh go grab a bite or let's go grab coffee it's like when you know you should be working instead but you go do it anyway Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. like little things like that you know and then or yeah like you said like collaborators who you said yes to a while ago and they're mm-hmm. trying to kind of come back now and be like hey let's yeah. work together you're yeah. like crap i'm super busy now yeah. so i have a hard time with saying no mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. and just the nature of what i do i feel like i always yeah. want to say yes to everything yeah but i i agree i think that's one of the biggest tips that you could give yeah. is learn to say no mm-hmm. to people but i think also i don't think you should ever try to like shut people down i always try to give options yeah. you know um because I don't want them to feel like I'm too cool for them or, you know, mm. so I think giving options is always a good idea. That's yeah. pretty good because mm-hmm. you don't want them to feel like, oh, OK, Esther's too cool yeah, to hang yeah, out now. Yeah. So. I just don't ever want to, you know, want people to think that I don't have time for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also knowing your value and um, just I think time is really important. So, okay. yeah. Cool. Um, something I really am curious about is um, this podcast I really like to be super transparent with everything mm-hmm. and you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to mm-hmm. but let's say i was a brand and mm-hmm. i came to you and i was like dude your instagram is awesome i have this uh clothing that i'm trying to promote yeah and i really like your style of like these styled shoots how much would you charge and how do you go about that structure of like pricing <clears throat> i know that every that, client mm-hmm. is going to be different like you're not going to mm-hmm. charge nike the same way you would charge yeah, someone down yeah. the street so i know that's all different yeah but let's say this client is startup has 20,000 Instagram followers mm-hmm. has like five people working for them yeah you know honestly I I actually don't try to base off of uh, their following or how big the brand mm-hmm, is whether mm-hmm. you're a startup or you're Nike I think I'm always just gonna stay true to myself and this is how much I'm worth and um, I always give <clears throat> the same pricing to everybody um, the reason why I say that is because I don't want to just upcharge. Yes, I know Nike is like a big brand, but I don't want to just upcharge thinking, oh, it's Nike. I got to I got to charge like hundred thousand dollars versus like a startup like, oh, they only have like like five followers. I'm going to charge them like hundred dollars. I think in the end, it's really about my time, how much I'm worth. And like, you know, if I'm going to put 10 hours of work to shoot for this brand versus that brand, I think it's just, it's still going to be the same amount of work. Uh, but it really does depend on like what you're shooting, like how much gear I have to use, um, how many people I need for the shoot. I think it really just depends on that. Um, but I don't want to ever like lie to myself and, mm. you know, just charge them just because they're like a big brand. So what I do is I have a structure of um, 
I have a list of like things that I charge for. So shooting time, editing time, um, how many people I'm using for the shoot, um, equipment, um, like licensing, you know, usage and all that. So I kind of break it down and then I give like a full price. And then from there, if like sometimes I'll know, okay, it's a startup brand there. They probably don't have that budget, but they're going to end up coming back to me saying, hey, this is a little bit too high for us. Is there any way we can work things out? So then from there, I'll give them an option saying, okay, from here we can take, let's shoot less and I'll take out the number of images. Mm. Um, So then from there, we uh, adjust that. And then, yeah, that's how I usually work with brands. And it's been it's been working out so far. So cool. So to recap, you basically just stay true to your prices no matter who the brand is. And then you also aim high and then you Mm -hmm. work your way down if it doesn't fit their budget. Yes. That's good advice because I feel like most people, they just come out the gate with the price they want. No, and then they always end up that. getting it shot lower than it actually yeah. was. So you just aim high and then you'll land somewhere where you feel very yeah. good. I mean, definitely give them a price that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would give them a price that has worked in the past. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to just let's say I gone paid like a thousand dollars this whole time. And I'm not going to just price it up at like 20,000 thinking like, mm-hmm. I mean, it would be nice if you know someone did say yes but um yeah i I pretty much give them everyone uh, a similar quote depending on what it is though yeah Yeah. so if it's like an architecture shoot versus like fashion it's not going to be the same yeah Yeah. because it's different workflow different production Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cool i feel like so far we've covered social media we've covered um like i guess your client structure and how Mm -hmm. you go about doing that some of the clients you've worked with one thing I'm we want to go into a little bit more of is this podcast. I feel like an overarching theme that I've had with the guest is finding their passion, mm-hmm. right? I feel like people who are listening to this right now, they might be like, cool, Esther does this. She seems like she has it all figured out. She's very like in tune with what she does. And like Ed does this and he knows, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I like to do. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to make money. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I noticed that you said earlier that you go sometimes go into libraries and you read books and you watch films to get that inspiration. Yeah, yeah. How, like, where did you get that? Like, where did you pick it up? You literally just, oh, I'm going to go into library and research, <laughs> like, inspo. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's a there's some kind yeah. of process that goes in your brain in order to acquire this aesthetic and this skill set that you mm-hmm. have. So just to correct you on that, I don't go to libraries to read. I go to libraries <laughs> to look at photo books. Yeah. I honestly do not like writing, but <laughs> there's a reason why I take pictures. Um, That's funny. So finding passion, is that your question? Yeah, so your passion for <clears throat> photography, and not really photography, but more specifically your style, mm-hmm. um, and growing to love your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like it's something that comes naturally or is that something that if someone doesn't know what their passion is, they can go find it somehow? That's a good question. I'm still struggling to find my passion. Um, but one thing I do have to say is I, my favorite thing to do is traveling. Mm. Traveling is, I think, where I find my passion and like, whether it's just seasonal or just that month, whenever I'm traveling, I, I'm always looking out for new things. Um, <clears throat> recently, I just came back from Korea, and I, I just, 
I was going crazy there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I'm trying to look for passion. My my passion is it's, I'm just walking around. I just see things and I'm just drawn towards it. And I think those are the times when it just comes naturally. But I I feel like when I'm at home, I lose my passion. <laughs> you mm, know what I mean? Um, interesting. I know that's not a good mentality to have, but when I'm at home, it's it's very challenging. So. That's when I will maybe take a walk. Um, I'll like watch YouTube. I go on Pinterest. I'm constantly just like reading up on, not reading but looking at you know other photos mm-hmm. and just, um, yeah. I, I kind of have to force myself to find what I like. But when I'm traveling, it's just like everywhere. So I think if you are having a hard time finding your passion, then I think traveling is it's definitely a good choice. That's a really good advice. Mm-hmm. Traveling definitely <clears throat> when you like see the world, yeah, you, like it's different. <laughs> especially if you're creative, whether mm-hmm. you photo, video, design, architecture, graphics, yeah. whatever. If you just see the world, yeah, and and like away from your home, mm-hmm. I feel like it does strike inspiration. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone to places like Asia yet, but I would imagine if I went to like Tokyo or Korea yeah, or yeah. like those places, I'd just be like, okay, like everything's a movie yeah. scene, like in my head, you know, yeah. like all these scenes. So I totally agree with you there. Mm-hmm. So then let's say if people have that inspiration and they've started their what they think they want to do which is photography or video or whatever Mm -hmm. creative passion for you like at what point did you decide like okay this photography thing like i'm gonna do this i'm like i think i have what it takes to do this whole photography thing Mm -hmm. because some people i'll be honest like some people they've been sticking with something for a couple years they're just not that good at it Mm -hmm. you know so but then their mind they're like we gotta stick it out yeah. Do you feel like there's a point where you need to be very honest with yourself? Like, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. Yeah, for, yeah. for you, like, where did that transition happen? Hmm. You know, it's, it's a lot of my friends and family members that gave me hope. <laughs> shout out to fam. Yeah, shout out to fam. A lot of my friends are very honest with me. Um, if something doesn't look good, they'll tell me that doesn't look good. Um, especially my husband. He If, if my... If my hair doesn't look good, he's going to be like, your hair looks really bad today, you know? (laughs) He is the most honest person in the world, which I really appreciate because you just need honesty. And um, That's good. Most girls, I feel like, wouldn't have that answer. No, I I really, that's that's what I like about him. But yeah, yeah, in the end, actually, it's my husband. He really, um, he's given me so much support and he, he's been telling me like, I'm your number one supporter. I feel like you can do this. So for like maybe six, seven years, he's just been pushing me to keep going. And um, I mean, with my friends too and family, they they love my work. So I think that's what really kept me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like getting, I guess, um, honest opinions from people honest, who yeah. like keep it real with yeah, you. Yeah, you know? that really helps. So me. if you have yeah. people, yeah, that's, it's true. You know, like if you have friends that are like, mm-hmm. dude, that's so cool. And especially I feel like if you, for me, it's like if you have clients or potential people mm-hmm. saying like, how much do you charge? If mm-hmm. that question gets thrown your way, yeah. how much do you charge for this? And it's just a hobby of yours or a passion. Yeah. You probably have what it takes to to make it through all the way mm-hmm. but if like you've been doing video for three years and not a single person has asked you like how much yeah, do you charge yeah. you the probably wrong. should <laughs> reconsider or yeah. switch up something something's yeah, not yeah, working right yeah. now so that's good honest feedback from your friends mm-hmm. ask them to be super brutally honest with you mm-hmm. 
and then also um, client work if it's coming your way yeah. then it's probably something you should mm-hmm. stick with and also I mean uh, you know if I've definitely had times where clients weren't happy with my work but uh, for the most part I've gotten positive feedback so I think that's also what kept me going yeah. how, how can you tell us about that a little bit how did your not good experience go with the client um why, why would they not like your work your work is bomb though <laughs> no but the thing is you have to also understand that you know clients don't come to me just for like my style i mean it should be that way but it's, mm, it's kind of confusing true. um i i would have clients coming to me to do like I don't know, like, let's just say, for example, like, to shoot for, like, a sports team. Um, I feel like that's more of your thing. But let's just say a client just comes to me for that because they think I just know how to do photography. But let's just say I'm, I need a job that month and I'll, I'll take it and I shoot it, but it's not exactly the way they wanted it. So then they'll, you know, kind of have a, a little bit mm. of a, yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you do, you, how do you go about handling <clears throat> the post like i guess after that happens mm-hmm. um because i feel like customer service and yeah. building client relationships is something that's so not talked about enough yeah, like yeah. people always focus so much on the art mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in reality like emails invoices contracts oh, that's a headache. phone calls <laughs> facetimes yeah. all these things are huge parts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the business mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being a creative yeah but we don't talk about that stuff a lot we just talk about yeah. oh is your work good mm-hmm, but um, especially when clients are not happy or maybe the project scope was a little bit off mm-hmm. and this didn't didn't align mm-hmm. um, do you do any do you do anything to do you like would you do it again not charged or how do you go about handling that do you just tell them like hey sorry like th- maybe the project just r- yeah. scopes weren't aligning yeah you know it really depends on how they come off so if they're very respectful in a way where um you know, we kind of feel like this isn't what we really wanted. And I've had some clients where they would be super rude and like, mm, like true. totally yeah. smash like my work and just, um, it's, it, it's been a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But in that case, I actually just, you know, say my respects, you know, I, I send them an email saying, hey, you know, I'm sorry it came off that way, but maybe we weren't just the right fit. So then we just don't really work together anymore but if it's a client that i actually really um had a good time working with but it's just i guess when it comes to the editing or the photo that just you know in the end like they didn't really like how it came out then i would offer a different way like maybe we'll do another shoot um for a lower cost and then we'll try to like work things out mm-hmm. or you know i'll i'll maybe even like show them some images that i've i haven't edited and maybe have them pick instead gotcha have them choose what yeah so i'll i'll find like different ways to make it work because in the end they're your clients and it's customer service like you said Mm -hmm. so yeah 100 percent. yeah um do you plan on staying in seattle for the time being yes i do (laughs) i love seattle (laughs) how often do you go to la um it's been about once a month Oh, yeah, dang, because I still have I still have clients back in LA, so yeah. I've been going once a month. Um, but now I'm trying to get more retainer clients. Gotcha. So that I what what yeah. is like your perfect retainer client? Like what does that look like? In in like, if you were to craft your perfect client, mm-hmm. perfect client. What kind of work are you doing? Yeah. Um, you don't have to like go into like how much you're getting paid, but just mm-hmm. like what kind of work are you doing and how much time per week are you spending on said client? Mm-hmm. Your perfect ideal 
client? Mm, probably. I mean, honestly, maybe like three, three times a week. Um, I, I haven't really thought about that, but I think retainer as in like, and consistently just getting work from them and like on a monthly basis month, monthly basis um you know signing like a six month or a one-year contract um i've been really enjoying working for brands that actually send products to me and i shoot from home um that way i have i feel like i have some some sort of like creative control over the the brand or the co- the products but also i get to work on my other things as well um yeah, I think for everyone, like dream client is, you know, working from home. Yeah, dream yeah, client working dream, from home. Work from home, but I agree. Um, yeah, I guess monthly, uh, monthly basis, but signing at least like a six month or one year contract because brands can always just, you know, say, oh, I'm sorry, we don't want to work with you anymore. You know, retainers are yeah, so important. It is. I feel like if you're trying to freelance or you're trying to do something on your own mm-hmm. and you're creative. Unless you have retainers, you're not. You're gonna be stressed out like yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've been freelancing for over a year now, and if it wasn't for retainer clients, mm-hmm. I would not be where I am right now. Yeah. Because well, for one, I'm I'm big on that, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't need a hundred retainer clients yeah, to yeah, make a yeah. hundred grand yeah. in a year. You could have four. Yeah. And make a hundred grand in a year yeah. versus trying to have trying to find a hundred gigs mm-hmm, or a hundred mm-hmm. photo shoots in one given year. Like yeah. that's a lot of work. But if you just build four solid relationships mm-hmm. with retainer clients and they each pay you 25k a year, which is mm-hmm. only 2k a month, mm-hmm. it's super reasonable of yeah. an ask, especially if you're creating all the content that's being pushed out on their social media and mm-hmm. on their website, then you can make 100 grand yeah. in a year. So and, I'm super huge on retainer clients as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think when I was younger, I I actually liked more of like the surprise part of it. You know, mm-hmm. just random clients coming in. I'm like, oh, when's my next paycheck? I think that's <laughs> that was really fun. But I think as I'm getting older, I really do need to be more stable. And yeah, I just don't have the physical capabilities to just roam around everywhere to <laughs> shoot mm-hmm. for like random clients now. Um, you're getting yeah. into video now, though. Yes, you I am. You just recently started dabbling into video a little bit more. And I know this podcast isn't about videography, mm-hmm. but I am I do video. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool to see you kind of branch out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Which is like crazy because that video you made was fire, though. Oh, like, thank you. The sound design, it's really cool because I feel like that's why style and aesthetic is so important because even though you've never really got into mm-hmm. videography, mm-hmm. your style like translated into just a video format because you had all the other things down which Mm -hmm. is like your production skills your eye for styling the Mm -hmm. model the location and so Mm -hmm. that just kind of translated into video now it's just it's more of a technical thing yeah as long as you can learn the technical parts of video yeah you can literally make magic happen versus the other way around some people they try to go technical first like best Mm -hmm. camera best Mm -hmm. audio best location Mm -hmm. biggest budget you know But then they realize they don't only their project doesn't come out as nice because it doesn't yeah. matter about the gear. It's if yeah. you have the vision for it. Yeah. That's cool. So where do you where are you trying to take video? Are you trying to do photo and video now? Um, or are you trying to just yes. stick with I'm, photo? I'm actually having more clients that want video. So um, I've been doing more video and photo, which is good for me because now I can utilize my skills to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really enjoy video more. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Honestly I don't exactly know like a lot about technical stuff with video it's just so much gear and i feel like there's not that many like 
females doing video it's just True. a lot of equipment and yeah it's really heavy so it's a lot of equipment yeah. and i'm sure like photography you have like one camera and you're yeah. kind of like st- more like styling them mm-hmm. with video it's like you're focusing on gimbal you're focusing yes. on audio you're focusing mm-hmm. on so many other things mm-hmm. but um but i like the challenge of that no nah, yeah. i know yeah. I, I think that's the part that people need to understand like creative process is all about challenging mm-hmm. challenging yourself at least so <clears throat> i feel like if you're not challenging yourself then yeah. you're probably stagnant you're probably not growing yeah. so that's where i actually lose my passion when i'm too comfortable mm. that's when i feel bored yeah and i just start losing my passion for um just photography or video oh yeah video in general but yeah i i feel like i need to be uncomfortable to start you know yeah, true, getting true. things stirred up yeah i recently i mean i've been following you for a while now and there's some people that i've seen like in your stories or just like mm-hmm. tagged or whatever and they're like pretty big name people a mm-hmm. lot of them are i guess based out of la so that's probably mm-hmm. how you're connected is you're in that scene yeah um i we kind of brushed on it briefly before uh, reaching out to collaborators and stuff how do you put yourself in these like networks with people who are like bigger mm-hmm. like how do you do you just know a friend of a friend and then you just kind of get into the network or like or yeah. have you made an intentional effort into getting into these circles of people who um are doing really big things mm-hmm. mm. like mary con like marie kondo can we talk yeah. about how, how did you that work was, with her that was actually just through an agency okay, okay. yeah but um i mean like, i i wish i could hang out with mary kondo but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i it's more through friends word of mouth um and when i'm on a shoot like i just meet random people or they'll bring their friends or they'll bring someone that they know that can help and then it's just all through like connection Mm -hmm. um but you also have to make an effort to to also reach out or like follow up too because you know those people their schedule is really busy and um and i also like to keep my intention um very safe like i don't ever want to reach out like oh this is this person's big so i want to hang out with them because they're big you know it's it's if that person is worth having a relationship with then i think it's it's good to reach out like we want to both be on a healthy level because i've i've gone through some relationships with um, people in the media or just like this whole creative this whole creative world and it, it just wasn't healthy um mm-hmm. so yeah that I mean, makes sense yeah so basically just being very intentional intentional yeah and authentic, authentic about yeah. meeting people yes and not being fake and yeah. trying to ride some wave of theirs yes yeah, yeah. you want to avoid that <laughs> that's awesome yeah well esther thank you so much for coming on to the podcast i hopefully if you guys are listening to this you took something away um if you aren't following her already on instagram you totally should i feel like there's a lot of good inspirational content in terms of the aesthetic and the way she portrays herself so make sure you go check it out your handle is at s lee mm-hmm, right so mm-hmm. that's e-s-l-e-e is there anywhere else you'd like to send these people this podcast is so small right now i'm like okay where, where you guys want to go the 50 people <laughs> they can always email me uh, true, they true. Chat. Yeah. yeah or if you're in seattle reach out to esther yes. she probably um will be ground down to like grab a coffee or, or help people um but anyway Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And then we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye.